lift your right hands to heaven. Let's pray in tongues for a few seconds together as a church. Mabranda gangre de gegalada banjo koloda brina kataninge egebozo koloda brina katoli de baba legaroko to zekeli ne mengele de baroko to sekeli de baraka daziki anahata engebozo koloda brina katalia legabado goboro koto sekeli de brina katoli de baba lebrodo zokolo de brina katoli de mambra lagara de zekeli de brina katoli de baya praying with all prayers and supplication in the spirit rakoto kile ne manga lebrodo zokolo de brina katoli de baraka taningele ne mana gande gelida bayada gaya engebozo kile de brina katoli de baba leboroko to sekeli de baraka to sekeli ne manga lengra na zokolo de brina katoli de baya legaboroko to sekeli ne mangle de baroko to sekeli de brina katania engebozo kolo de brina katoli de baba le baraka to sekeli de brina katoli ne mangle de baroko to sekeli de brina gadaga ya nagaga engebozo kile de brina katolia le baraka to sekeli de brina katoli ne mambre gadaza kile de manle le mana engebozo kile de brina katoli ne manga lenga lana magando kile ne manga lina manaka tule ne mengelita babali da babalagalia engebozo kile de brina katoli ne manga le greda zokolo de brina katoli ne mambre na katila na maya le baraka to sekeli na manekeli na mana kali na maya na katwe engebozo kile ne mandele de boza keli da baraka toya engebozo kia engala na masodi engaga thank you father in the name of jesus father we rejoice that we are complete in you and we thank you for the privilege to study your word the privilege to walk in the light of the truth that is in the gospel and i pray for everybody in this service that is connected by all the various platforms that reveal knowledge is gifted everyone under the sound of my voice and i decree that bodies and yokes are destroyed Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Sick bodies be healed. Lord, as your word goes forth, your word heal it and deliver it. And we rejoice for the victory that we have through the knowledge of your word today. Revelation knowledge grows big on the inside of everyone hearing the sound of my voice until nothing else matters. So we give you praise and glory for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name and every believer sees it powerful. Amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together as we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of you on the social media community. And I want to welcome all the radio audience right now in Aquaibom State. We're so glad to have all of you connected by way of Comfort FM, XL FM, Radio Aquaibom, You Know You FM, Inspiration FM, Heritage FM. We're so glad to have all of you connected, all of the radio audience. You need to call a friend, you need to call a family, ask them to tune to this radio station right now life is flowing through the airwaves our social media community always a joy to have all of you there 
together we are walking and laboring fervently to get the word of God across to people around the world. Help us share the video like you've always done. Share it on your page. Share with all the groups on your page. Join as many groups as possible and just keep spreading the good news of the gospel. And then of course, tag some people, create watch parties, drop them on monogram, telegram, WhatsApp groups. Let's flood the earth with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. I want to also welcome all our Bible study groups around the world and all our campuses. What a joy to have all of you connected to the service today. And everybody in this building, we are so glad to have everybody worshiping today. Are you excited to be in church? Can we celebrate our fellowship with a shout this morning? Glory! Now wait, there's good news here. There's good news. We are, two of our campuses are starting right now. Two of our campuses. Um... We have one campus today that is launching in Elorin, Elorin, Quara State. And the address is, the address of the campus for those online or everybody, anybody around the Elorin area following us through any platform. The address of Power City Campus Elorin is opposite Adetunji Primary School, Aboba, Elorin. Also, a few weeks ago, our second campus launched in the city of Kaduna. And we want to acknowledge all the brethren, you know, in the, in the city of Kaduna, the second campus that launched. We're so glad to know that all of you there are part of this house. Grace is upon you and grace is upon the campus in Elorin. And we're glad that those are all platforms through which the gospel of Christ will saturate the whole state and the whole of Elorin, the whole of Quara State. And for those in Kaduna, the whole of Kaduna State, and all the states around Kaduna State. But we're so glad to have all of you connected. And congratulations once again. Let's celebrate all the brethren in those places where the campus just started today. Praise God. All right, are we excited? Are we ready for the world? All right, grab your Bible, your pen, your notebook. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self this morning. Let's get in the world. <clears throat> We're examining praying in the spirit. And if you are not here in the first service, I advise you to get the CD of the first service. We were able to cover some grounds in the first service. And in this service, we're going to, you know, um, just build on it. <clears throat> Second Timothy chapter 2 verse number 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse number 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Remember our teaching, or few years ago, I did a series of teaching on the myth of unanswered prayer. The myth of unanswered prayer. If you were not in church or you are not a part of us when I did that teaching, please I recommend that you go to the uh, you know the book stand and order for that series for yourself and listen to it carefully it will help you a lot the online you can shoot a mail to our office and request for the series you know uh, the meat of unanswered prayer and there we discuss authority in the place of prayer it's a very good one you need to listen to all of that now back to what I'm teaching Rightly dividing the word of truth. The word rightly dividing is the Greek word ototomio. O-R-T-H-O-T-O-M-E-O. -O -E ototomio. It deals with careful handling of words. Careful handling of words. 
it's it's not to rightly divide like cutting a cake no it's actually careful usage of words ototomio and we said one of the first things and critical things in bible study is observation observation we said observation is paying attention to details paying attention to details the word anaginosko to read where you read well where you read in context that is obeying the rules of pretext and post-text in contextual study all right if someone is reading you too must read when i read scriptures it behooves you to also read so that you are seeing what i am seeing and then also when i am reading it is your responsibility to try quickly to look at the pretext and the post-text to see if what i am saying agrees with that context that is part of you making your own due diligence to ensure that you are part of the study because what we do as a church is i teach but within the teaching we are studying it's you know a, a, a corporate bible study we do we are studying together that's why sometimes i ask you questions because you're part of the study so that together we're thinking through the scriptures and together we're examining the scriptures together to arrive at a place of understanding so the word ana ginosko means to read again such that you are able to relieve the experience read again and again and you must remember that observation is key in bible study notice something jesus did in the study of scriptures remember i have said that the bible is not a spiritual book it's a literature with spiritual information the bible is a literature with spiritual information so let's examine jesus in matthew 22 verse 41 matthew 22 verse number 41 while the pharisees were gathered together jesus asked them 42 saying what think ye of christ whose son is he they say unto him the son of david next verse he saith unto them how then doth david in spirit call him lord saying the lord said unto my lord sit thou on my right hand till i make thine enemies thy footstool he quoted from psalm 110 verse 1 what jesus did was to ask them a probing question in other words the question was rational enough if you think that Christ is David's son, then why is David calling him Lord? It's just, a, it's just a rational question. If Jesus is the seed of David, then why is David calling his own child my Lord? Why? <clears throat> That's a normal question you should ask when you study. A probing question. So Jesus is asking you know he's taking them on a journey and he told them of an opinion which was common among them because the opinion was okay if jesus 
is a law to David? How is Jesus a son of David? It's a normal question. Now observe well. If he calls his son Lord, why will a father, not even a father, a grandfather, call his own grandchild my Lord? In other words, it's an opinion in Israel that Jesus, the Christ, is the son of David. That's why they will say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me because it was commonly it was a common knowledge. Please pay attention. Which is not wrong because actually Christ is the seed of David. But then there's more to him than being a seed of David. So Jesus asked them a probing question. Remember, we looked at Acts chapter 17 verse number 11. Acts 17 verse number 11. <clears throat> These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. And the word there is the word anacrino. They searched anacrino. Alright, they investigated. This is the folks in Berea. That is, they probed, they asked questions and they looked at the scriptures with the scriptures. They did a contextual study. In other words, they looked at the details closely. The details closely. If he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand. Everyone knows that the throne was established by David. Everyone knows that the Lord will sit on David's throne. So if he's going to be his son... Why does he call him Lord? That's a normal question that anybody thinking through ought to ask. In other words, the throne of David will be established upon the divinity and the humanity of Christ. The throne of David will be established upon the divinity and the humanity of Christ. He is both the seed of David and the Lord of David. Divinity and humanity that's the implication in other words this is how you solve such issues i believe that when jesus in luke chapter 24 verse 25 to 27 on the way to emmaus said to them oh fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken ought not christ ought not christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory and beginning of Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. When he said, ought not Christ, is a probing question. Ought not Christ to have suffered? If you were reading the prophets and if you were reading Moses well, Shouldn't you have observed in your reading that the Christ should have suffered? So the suffering of Christ should not be a wonder to you. It should be a confirmation of what you studied and saw that was declared ahead of time. But because you are not paying attention, 
So the events of his crucifixion, death, and burial seems like, like a strange thing to you guys. You read, but you are not asking intelligent questions. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? So he now gives them a lead that you ask the right questions to solve probing matters in scripture. Luke called it in verse 27, he expounded the word diharmonia. It means to interpret across the board. So Jesus used the Old Testament to answer questions in the Old Testament or he used the Old Testament to explain the Old Testament. He used the Old Testament to explain the Old Testament. He used the Old Testament to answer the questions in the Old Testament. That is Bible study. For example, when you read Abraham's promise, Abraham and his seed, Abraham's blessing, those are scriptures that were prophetic. But they were not prophecies concerning Christ. Do you know that in the Bible, there are prophecies that prophets of the Bible prophesied that never came to pass. One day I will show you those prophecies. Old Testament prophets, both major and minor, some of them gave prophecies that never came to pass. The only prophecies that they gave that of necessity came to pass were prophecies concerning Christ. The only prophecies they prophesied that God was committed to bring to pass were prophecies concerning the Christ. That's why all the promises of God are in him. Are you following? Yeah. That's why the only authentic message in the Bible is the message of Christ. That's the only thing authentic because the book is his book. <laughs> so the only prophecies that were fulfilled without any question were prophecies concerning the Christ. Are you in the building here? Please pay attention. So Jesus, in prophecy, in the mouth of the prophets, was the only authentic message in their lips. And Jesus focused on specific prophecies. In all the scriptures, he expounded the things specific concerning himself. Anything else, they were on their own. If the prophets gave any prophecy that was not concerning Christ, they will have to make sure it happens. The only prophecy that God was committed to was concerning his son. I don't know if I'm communicating at all. Look, look at the way brother Paul, I love brother Paul. Look at the way he communicated these thoughts to the church at Rome. Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Pay attention. Romans chapter Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised. So the only promise of God in the Old Testament is the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets. In the Holy Scriptures. What is that promise that God gave before? Concerning 
his son Jesus Christ our Lord which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh verse 4 and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness how? by the resurrection from the dead that's what God was committed to fulfill that's what God was committed to fulfill in Luke chapter 24 verse 44 to 45 he focused on the ones concerning himself look at it 44 Luke 24 44 and he said unto them these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which are these all things which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms which of them will be fulfilled concerning me concerning his son concerning me for example look at abraham's promise or abraham's blessing genesis 13 verse 2 and 3 genesis chapter 13 verse 2 and 3 and abraham was very rich in cattle give me verse 1 and abraham went out of egypt and his wife and all that he had and lot with him into the south verse 2 and Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. Verse 3. No. Give me chapter 12 verse 2. Genesis 12 2. Good. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that cursed thee. And in thee shall all families in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed how if you had asked the right questions you would have known that abraham's blessings were not material in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed cannot be material there's no way Abraham will be the reason for the blessing of all families on earth material. So the blessing of Abraham cannot be material. Remember Abraham went to Egypt, his children went to Egypt. Even Jesus went to Egypt. That's to make you know that it's not material. And I love brother E.W. Kenyon. A.W. Kenyon said, when God spoke to Abraham, he made unto him an unqualified committal. Meaning, I will do it myself. I will do it myself. So God gave Abraham a promise that God himself would fulfill. So if I am, if I am you studying about Abraham's blessing, I will track down what God said he will do himself. And what did God say he would do himself? Look at Ezekiel 36 verse 24. Ezekiel took it a bit further. 36 verse 24, Ezekiel. 36 24. For I will take you. Sorry, 37 24. I hope that's right. Ezekiel 37 verse 24. No, that's not the scripture I'm looking for. Glory to God. Just give me a minute. <clears throat>
Hallelujah. Study Ezekiel 36, 27. Let me see. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. 28. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. Give me verse 26. Please pay attention. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Question, who will do all of it? God. So this is a promise that God gave that God himself will fulfill. So what God said to Abraham, Ezekiel prophesied it a bit more clearer. That the blessing that Abraham will be to the families of the earth is that God will put a new spirit within us. So the blessing of Abraham is not material. The blessing of Abraham is the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. A promise that God himself will fulfill. Jeremiah took it a bit further. Jeremiah 31, 33. <clears throat> Jeremiah 31, 33. For this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, say of the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Next verse. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, save the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. All is I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. A self-fulfilling promise. And that was a promise God gave to Abraham that in him shall all nations of the earth be blessed. Now, remember we said that the book of Acts and the four Gospels are historical materials. Did you remember that? They are historical materials. Now, let's see what David said himself. Acts chapter 2, verse number 29. <clears throat> Acts 2, 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that is both dead and buried and his sepulchre is with us unto this day 30 therefore being a prophet and knowing that god has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins according to the flesh he will raise up christ to sit on his throne he seen this before spake of the resurrection of christ that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. 32. This Jesus that God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses, therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed for this, which you now see and hear. So, he is laying a logical reaction. He is telling them, 
This can't be David. This has to be someone. That's what Peter was telling them on the day of Pentecost. That the prophecy that David gave was not David that will fulfill it. David only prophesied, but God has fulfilled David's prophecy in that he has raised up Jesus again from the dead. Now, stay with me. So, in Bible study, you ask probing questions. Like the guy in Acts chapter 8, understanding that what thou readest, he said, of whom spake this man? Of himself or of some other man? He was asking probing questions, intelligent questions. The eunuch said, of himself or of some other man? Right, right questions. Because there's a right way to study and there's a right way to ask questions. If you pay attention very well, you will have observed these things in Bible study. That's very critical. You ask the right questions only when you read in details. The only people that ask the right questions are people who read in details. If you do not read in details, you don't ask the right questions. In fact, if you are not careful, you may ask very offensive questions. The kind of questions the Bible call foolish and unlearned. So that's why you study in details. And out of detailed study, you come out with intelligent probing questions that further expansiates what you have studied. Bringing more light. Are we together in the building here? Please, that's very important. In Luke 24, 45, he opened their understanding. That word open means to launch to launch for the first time like firstborn and you know we're very particular about words and somebody said to me dr damina why are you particular about words you're always particular about words when you teach you do word study are we in school yes i'm particular about words because it is called the word of god I'm particular about words because it is called the word of God. So since it's the word of God, what should I be particular about? Words. That's why I'm particular about words. That's why I'm very sensitive to words. The Bible is written in words. And if words are the only way we know God, we have to be particular about the words and its usage. Because the only way to know God is in words. There's no other way. The totality of God's revelation is captured in words. Therefore, we must study words well and have a proper understanding of words to have a proper understanding of God. That's why I'm particular about words. Let's look at a word, the word sinners. The word sinners. And we use it a lot. Oh, that man is a sinner. That is a sinner. This is a sinner. Let's examine the word sinner. Nice statement. And somebody says, oh, who are sinners? You say, you are not a sinner because you sin. You sin because you are a sinner. 
Very nice. But not scripturally correct. You are not a sinner because you sin. You sin because you are a sinner. Very nice. And it's a good way to escape people. But it's not doctrinally correct. What about believers who sin? Do believers sin? Yes. What are they called? Sinning saints. Or saints who sinned. How do you become a sinner? Then somebody say, you are born a sinner. Eh? Born a sinner? Well, I'm sure people in church here know that there's nothing like that, right? Okay. But religious people, that's how they say it. Everybody's born a sinner. Yeah. Let's look at the word. Are you ready for this? We're doing word study. Romans 5, 8. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When did Christ die for us? When we were yet sinners. <clears throat> Never use one word as a blanket interpretation. So the word sinner here must be interpreted and explained within this context of discourse. There's no omnibus application for any word of scripture. I will show you a few things and you will see it yourself right now. Pay attention. Let's see the word sinner or sinners was used before the epistles. It will surprise you that the word sinner was used just a few times, very few. In the Bible, before the epistles. The first time the word sinner was used is the word hamatolos. Hamatolos in the Greek. H-A-R-M-A-T-O-L-O-S. H-U-A-R-M-A-T-O-L-O-S. Hamatolos. Matthew 9, 10. Matthew chapter 9, verse 10. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. So the first use of that word sinner was a public description. It was the way pub the public people describe people. It didn't come from Jesus. It came from the audience. They described them as sinners. Now, who described those people as sinners? The Pharisees and the publicans. So, which means the Pharisees and the publicans saw anybody that was not a Pharisee and a publican as a sinner. Okay? So, the first use of the word sinner was by publicans and Pharisees to describe those that are not publicans. So the first use was taken from a public perception. Second use of the word sinner. Matthew 9, 11. Matthew 9, 11. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? 12. 
But when Jesus had them, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. So the Pharisees had that definition. That those who are not with them were sinners. They that are sick, Jesus gave them a figure of speech. They that are sick need a physician. Then Jesus called them Pharisees. Because by identification, when Jesus said to them, they that are whole don't need a physician. Only they that are sick. What Jesus was saying is, these ones are sick and they have agreed they are sick, so they need me. You, you are sick, but you are pretending not to be sick. That's why he used a figure of speech on them. It may get lost on you, but the Pharisees got the message. They got the message. Because it was a communication that they, they would never miss. Now, when he said, I am not come to call the righteous, it was a figure of speech. Because those Pharisees and Sadducees were not righteous. So he threw righteous at them as a figure of speech, having told them you are hypocrites. Then he said anyway, I didn't come for the righteous is sarcasm. You know sarcasm? He used sarcasm on them. I have not come for the righteous. I'm only come for these sinners whom you say I am always eating with. They are the reason why I came. I love Jesus, don't you? Alright, now. I haven't come to call the righteous but sinners. So it comes from their own phraseology. It was a phrase among the Sadducees and Pharisees. Actually, what Jesus gave them was a prophetic joke. I'm not come for the righteous. You know, there, is, there are jokes in the prophetic. <laughs> like your father wake up in the morning and he looks at you and he says, Good morning, boss. The day your father call you boss, you need to find out dad what's wrong. Is that not true? That's a big joke. How can my dad be calling me boss? It's a figure of speech. There must be something. Because my dad can never call me boss. You know, just like why does David call him Lord? <laughs> Are we in the building? Yeah, it's a figure of speech. Okay. <clears throat> now, Matthew eleven nineteen. Learning good? Matthew eleven nineteen. The son of man came eating and drinking and they said, Behold, a man glutonous and a wine biber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Matthew 26, 45. Matthew 26, 45. Then cometh it to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Judas betrayed him into the hands of sinners. So the term sinners doesn't have a universal application. It depends on what you are talking about. Sinners here will be those, those who rebel against God's will. 
For example, look at the word sinners again used in Luke chapter 5 verse 8. Brother Peter. Luke chapter 5 verse number 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinner man. Luke 5.32, the same situation. Then look at Luke 6.32. Luke 6.32. That one is key. Keep it well. For if you love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. Next verse. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have you? For sinners also do even the same. Sinners here mean those people you condemn. Those people you condemn. Those people who are not morally right. So Jesus' use of sinners was borrowed from public vocabulary. It was not Jesus who called them sinners. But since that is the way they were addressed, Jesus borrowed their phraseology and used it among them. Are we clear? Okay. So the word sinners did not originate from Jesus. Okay. Now, did you observe Jesus didn't call any of his disciples sinner? Never. He never called them. We need to come to the epistles to get Jesus' use of sinners. And it was relative to public opinion. Look at Romans chapter 3 verse 7. Romans 3 7. For if the truth of God had more abounded through my lie unto his glory. Why yet am I also judged as a sinner? Brother Paul. All right, something else they were saying about Paul. What people were saying, they were calling him a sinner. Okay, now Romans chapter 5, verse 8 to 9 will explain it. Romans 5, 8 to 9. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath. Through him. Next verse. 10. For. Verse 10. Verse 10. Romans 5.10. For if when we were enemies. We were reconciled to God. By the death of his son. Much more. Being reconciled. We shall be saved. By his life. Enemies. Someone who oppose. Or the rebellious. And this cannot be the whole of humanity. This is specific. This is specific. Please pay attention. Romans 5.18 Romans 5.18 Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto the justification of life. Now, there is a careless teaching that goes out there and somebody can get into if you are not careful. 
Through one person, everybody is made a sinner. So, through one person, everybody is made righteous. That's dangerous. Because that's not what he was saying in that context. So, if you arrive at that conclusion and you keep claiming that it is the sin of Adam that made all of us sinners, the moment you take that position, what you have also said is that the moment Jesus died and rose, every human being is righteous. Now, once you take that position, you have moved into universalism. You have moved into universalism. It's a school of thought that says, if since Adam made everybody a sinner, the resurrection of Jesus has made everybody righteous. Nobody on earth is a sinner. Those are the people that conclude that sin is dead. That sin does not exist anymore. Because Jesus took away the sin of the world. So there is no more sin on earth. And the reason is because those people are not paying attention to details. And they are not care careful and patient to study the scriptures. They just pick a verse, assume that this is what it means, and conclude. But in Bible study, we are careful not to arrive until the scriptures arrive. So we stop where the scriptures stop. And we patiently study. Now, please stay with me now. What you are saying is that everybody is righteous. And you know universalism is worse than the law of Moses. It's better to have the law of Moses than to be a universalist. Because a universalist simply means there's no need for evangelism. There's no need for preaching. Everybody is a sinner. If you like, go and join occultism. If you like, go and join any form of cult. Be a satanist. Be a ritual killer. You are already righteous. That is what universalism is. And that's very dangerous. And it's just because people are not patient to be taught. So they're in a hurry to say something that sounds different. So that's why that cannot be what Paul was teaching in that Romans. You need to think through before you make some statements. You know, the truth is that some people who say they preach grace, they are not thorough. They are not thorough. They are not thinking through. They are not paying attention to details. You know, um, and if anybody should say anything on grace in this continent called Africa, it should be me. I should be the one that has the authority to say something on grace. Because everybody knows that where the grace message is concerned, I am the most radical preacher of the grace of God. Therefore, you must pay attention to details. If you're preaching grace. I'm not a grace preacher. I'm a Christ preacher. But in Christ, there is grace. I preach Christ. It's a message. But yet in Christ, we have the grace of God. Have you gone home? Are you still in the building? I like you guys, man. Everywhere is quiet. But when I say, are you here? The way you shout, we're here. I know you're here. Praise God. So, now, listen carefully because I'm entering some technicalities. Adam's sin makes everybody a sinner. 
Jesus' death makes everybody righteous. That logic is not sound. So that means it's through the death of Jesus we will understand what Adam's sin is. We have to understand the death of Jesus to be able to understand the sin of Adam. Okay? Now Romans chapter 5 verse 19. Please pay attention now. If you miss here, you shouldn't have been in service. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Did you observe? Hey, 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 hey. Are you in class? Okay, let's read. If you have the Bible, everybody, I want us to read like a choir. One, two, go. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. What word stood out for you there? Eh? Did he say all? What did he say? So all were not made sinners by the sin of Adam. Many were made sinners, not all. By the death of Jesus, not all were made righteous. Many were made righteous. Observe the use of the word many, not all. So that's why in Bible study, you pay attention to details. Many, not all. We understand what happened to Adam by understanding what happened to Jesus. Now the word made. Many were made. That word made, we have to do a word study on that word. The word made is the word beio in the Greek. It means to manufacture or to make us. But that's not what is used in this made. In Romans chapter 5, it's not what is used. The word used in Romans 5 is the word katisemi. Katisemi. K-A-T-H-I-S-E-M-I. Katisemi. K-A-T-H-I-S-E-M-I. It's a word used for appointment or ordination. Appointment or ordination. The word katisemi, made, ordained, appointed. Titus 1.5. See the usage of that word. <clears throat> Titus 1.5. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city, as I had appointed thee. Ordain. To ordain will mean to make to function. Or to put in a position to walk. To make to function or to put in a position to walk. The word katisemi is always used for offices or function. Look at Hebrews 2 7. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 7. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor. And did set him set him the word set every time you find the word ordination ordination is not automatic ordination is not automatic if i say i want to ordain you you have to accept then when you accept I ordain you. 
Which means ordination is not automatic. The fellow could do or could choose not to. He has been given a test or a choice or a latitude to act. Set him over. Look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 8. Please pay attention. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 8. Thou bearest, thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. That means it's not automatic. Even though you have put all things under him, but when we look, it has not taken effect. Are we in the building? It's not automatic, but we see Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. So when God set man over all things, did man function in it? In Genesis. No. We do not yet see it. Even though that is the plan, but we do not see it take effect. In Hebrews chapter 5 verse 1, that same word is the word for offices or function. That he may, that he may. Look at that Hebrews chapter 5 verse 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he may underline that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices that he may offer that means it's not automatic he gives him the opportunity to but he can choose not to Hebrews 7 28 pay attention for the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity. But the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the son who is consecrated forevermore. Next verse. Now of the things which you have spoken, this is the song. We have an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Ordained of men. Hebrews 8, 3. Hebrews Chapter 8, verse 3. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. So if you put ordained in Romans 5.19, does it change the statement? Let's go back there. Romans 5.19. Romans 5.19 For as by one man's disobedience many were ordained sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be ordained righteous. Does he change it? Huh? The word made is the word ordained. Okay, so if we remove made and we put ordained, does it make the statement clearer? So that made means it is not automatic. 
So the sin of Adam didn't make everybody a sinner. So the, the death of Jesus didn't make everybody righteous. Are we in the building? So that means the sin of Adam was a pattern for those that would not believe the gospel. It was a pattern for those that would not believe the gospel. The resurrection of Jesus was a pattern for those that would believe the gospel. So it's not automatic. Now that brings me to another question. So are people born sinners? No. Every child is not born a sinner. In fact, no child is born a sinner. Children are born innocent. Then when they grow to the age of accountability, the choice they make makes them righteous or it makes them unbelievers. That's why when children die, they go to heaven. There is justice or there is compassion with justice. That's why children below the age of 18 are not charged to court. Because there's compassion with justice. When children do wrong in the society, they are not sent to prison. Okay, they can be sent to yeah, juvenile homes for correction. But not prison. Why? There's compassion with justice. So if in human systems, people are compassionate towards children, is it God that will not be compassionate? Where did human beings get the feeling of compassion for children from? So that's why when babies die, they go to heaven. Is automatic. Okay. Now you know in the last soteria, we also established that when mad people die, they go to heaven. When deaf dumb die, they go to heaven because there's compassion with justice. Am I teaching? Well, if that's confusing, you go and order soteria season seven, about 80 hours of teaching. That will help clear you out complete. About 80 hours. One soteria. Amen. It's not to scare you. Just to show you that you are covered. You are very covered. <laughs> because by the time you listen to something for 80 hours, no matter how difficult, you will understand it. Praise God. I didn't hear a good amen. amen. So, if children are not born sinners, it means, therefore, that the sin of Adam was not automatic. So, the resurrection of Jesus does not automatically make everybody righteous. That's why we preach. How shall they believe on whom they have not heard? 
How shall they hear without a preacher? So then, faith by hearing. That whosoever believeth shall not perish. He that believeth not is condemned. So there is the preaching and the person is given the opportunity to make the choice. And if he fails to make the choice, he lives with the consequences of his not making the choice. It's not automatic. Now, teaching good this morning. Romans chapter 5 verse 19 again. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Many were ordained to follow that example of disobedience. So, is there a choice in being made righteous? Talk to me citizens. Is there a choice in being made a sinner? So, be careful in using the word sinners. Look at Galatians 2.15. Galatians. We who are Jews by nature are not sinners of the Gentiles. Uh, when he said sinner of the Gentiles, that's exactly what the Gentiles were called. Gentiles were called sinners. Next verse, 16. He now changes the definition in verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. And not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So Paul now negates what he said in verse 15. We seek to be justified. So if you are seeking to be justified by the works of the law... You are now a sinner. You are a sinner when you are seeking to be justified by the law of Moses. So, a sinner there seems to be a definition from the law. When you are seeking to be justified by the law, the law has condemned all. No man can be justified. So seeking to be justified by the law makes you a sinner. So it is the law that defines the word sinner. Kayada. 1 Timothy 1.9 Stay with me. Are you still here? 1.9 Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. For the ungodly and for sinners. For unholy and profane. For murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers. For manslayers. 
The law was made for the lawless. First Timothy 1.15 This is a faithful saying and word of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of which I am chief. So the law defines who a sinner is. The law defines a sinner. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 verse 3. We are dealing with the word sinners. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. So sinners will be those who oppose Christ. So you can't use the word sinner for everybody. It must be sinners of what? You know, James calls a double-minded man a sinner. If you're double-minded. James calls a man who is in doubt a sinner. In James 5.20, he calls a believer who walks in the flesh a sinner. It's an oxymoron. Like Paul will call men in the flesh mere men. It's an oxymoron. A believer in error. He calls a believer in error a sinner. Look at First Peter 4 8. You will love this one. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8. And above all, char all things have pardon charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. So Peter admits that among believers there are multitude of sins. But love for one another will cover it. Are we teaching? James 5.20 James 5.20 Let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. This error of his way he's talking about is a brother. He calls the brother a sinner. Converted the sinner. He's talking about a brother that is into error by his lifestyle. And out of love, you bring him out of that, that error. He said you have converted a sinner. So there's no omnibus application for the use of the word sinner. It is context. So when you see sinners, check context. Because sinners sometimes are a believer. A believer can be called a sinner. Sometimes sinner is defined by the law. Sometimes a sinner is one who crucified Jesus. Sometimes a sinner is a double-minded man. Sometimes a sinner is one who opposes the gospel. So it doesn't have a definite meaning. It depends on the context. Are we in the building? Like a brother misbehaves in the church. You can walk to him and say, you sinner, how dare you behave like that? You sinner. Because in the context of his behavior, within the context of that discourse, he's a sinner. Teaching good. 
So words must be used properly. Must be used properly. Words must be used properly. You must ensure you get to the end of a discourse so you can get the message of that discourse. Don't stop halfway. And don't be in a hurry to conclude. Don't arrive before we arrive. Follow. Go through the process. It could be tedious and boring. Lectures are designed to be boring. That is why they produce graduates. You didn't hear that. Lectures in university are designed to be very boring. That is why they produce graduates. No lecturer comes in a class and says, Praise the Lord. Glory to Jesus. No. Some will even tell you good morning. They walk into the classroom. You are greeting them. They are not even answering you. They walk to the blackboard. They write what they want to write. When they are done, they say, all right, like we were discussing the last time I was in this class. The guy is already talking. When he is rounding up to leave the class, he will start walking away from the blackboard with the chalk in his hand. And he's explaining and explaining. He gets to the door. He stones you with the chalk. See you in the next class. The guy is gone. Is that not true? Is that not true? He's not interested in whether you are happy or not. Is he happy that graduates? All he's interested in is in you understanding what he's teaching you because that's why you came. In church, we even have praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you still in the building? Have you gone home? Are you still here? Shout amen. All right. Are you understanding? Are you with me? Glory. All that is there plus spirit, plus anointing, plus prayer. If you don't understand what we teach in church, your case. <laughs> with Holy Ghost, with anointing, with love, with shout hallelujah, with everything, plus teaching, plus Greek, plus Hebrew, plus word study, plus exegesis, analysis, plus corroboration, plus context. After all that, you, say, huh? <laughs> you need efficient prayer. May the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Oh, Father, let the eyes be flooded. You need that kind of prayer. <laughs> Glory to God. Somebody getting blessed. Shout bless. So, is it clear on the use of the word sinner? Now, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 as I round up this service. Glory. <clears throat> Ephesians 5, I mean, did I say 5? 6 verse 18. Ephesians 6 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereon to with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Next verse, next verse, next verse. And for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So in the first service we established that praying in the spirit is to energize you to preach the gospel. Praying in the spirit supplies you strength. When we say pray in the spirit, we mean take advantage of what is yours in the spirit. Prayer in the spirit gives you strength against the wiles of the devil. And the wiles of the devil is against the gospel. Against the preaching of the gospel. So the reason why you need strength 
in the inner man is so that you can stand. Stand. In spite of persecution, in spite of organized evil, you stand against the wiles of the devil and preach the gospel in the face of persecution. You are not deterred. You are not discouraged. Because you are strengthened with might. Why? You prayed in the spirit and took advantage of what is yours in the spirit and supplied it. Praying in the spirit. Now, the warfare of the believer is preaching. The warfare of the believer is preaching. We did a collaboration in the first time service. Casting down imagination. Ephesians chapter 6 is the same with 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Same message. Casting down imagination by the preaching of the gospel. So we deal with thought patterns. We deal with imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. We deal with all of them. We take thoughts down. Somebody came into this church thinking that the witches in the village were pursuing him. By the time I finish teaching you for one, two, three months, you look at your village, you don't see witches anymore. You see candidates for salvation. Am I teaching here? What happened? We cast down imaginations and we bring down your thoughts in line with the finished work of Christ. Before where you were afraid in the night, now you wake up in the night and you're looking for that thing that used to be in darkness so you can deal with it. Fear has gone. Why? For God has not given to us the spirit of fear but of love of power and of a sound mind. What made it a reality? The teaching of the word that brought down that thought pattern. Failure is in the mind. Success is in the mind. Breakthrough is in the mind. So when we align your mind with the realities of your spirit, the victory of Christ inside you takes effect in the natural. That's what we teach. That's what we teach. Because in teaching, we are engaging your thought process. And we are shifting things and aligning your mind to agree with what Christ has done. You're not a victim. You're a victor. You're not under. You're over. You're not conquered. You're more than a conqueror. You're not a minus. You're a plus. You're a royal priesthood. You're a chosen generation. You're a holy nation. You're a peculiar people. You're called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free never to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage for whom the son sets free is free indeed. Am I communicating at all? So the next time somebody tells you you are a believer, you need to break courses. You tell him you are the one that I need to free. You are the one that have courses, not me. I'm in Christ. There's no cause in Christ who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenlies in where? Christ. So where you are, what do you have? Blessings. We cast down imaginations. That's what the preaching of the gospel does. That's what the preaching of the gospel does. The preaching of the gospel dismantles thought patterns. The whole armor of God. 
The shield of faith. Where are we to quench every fiery dart? Every organized accusations. Every organized orchestrations of the enemy. You take on the whole armor and neutralize them. People are talking you down. It's not affecting you. You are neutralizing it. The more they try to run you down, the more you are rising high. The more they think by mocking your gospel, you will shut up. You go and get two more radio stations. Two hours every day. You add to the list of 12 hours. You know we are on radio 12 hours every day in Aquaibom. You add more four hours. 16 hours. When they gather again, you collect another two hours. Yatobayata. You can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. So mightily grew the world and it prevailed. Somebody shout, I hear you. What are you talking about? Leave us alone. Leave us, just leave us alone. If you know what is good for you. Leave us alone. And if you don't leave us alone, picking away saying, Mama, no go sleep. Leave us alone. You know what is good for you. So, the only weapon of offense we have is prayer. The moment you start praying, you are launching an offensive weapon. That's why the devil hates people who pray. You launch. That's the only weapon of offense. Nothing else but prayer. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God speaking. The sword of the spirit, which is the utterance of God praying. And that's the same thing in 1 Corinthians 14 too. Observe. Put it up for me. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2. Ooh, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. For no man understandeth him. How be it? In the spirit he speaketh what? Mystery. So mystery is in the spirit. Mystery is in the spirit. First Corinthians 2 verse 7. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God where? In a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. The hidden wisdom. Mystery. And this hidden wisdom is the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel. So when we pray in the spirit, we arm the believer. Prayer in, listen. When we gather and I say, pray for me. And all of you start praying for Dr. Damina, as you are praying for me in the spirit, in that prayer, you are praying for all believers. In that prayer, you are praying for yourself. Because the moment you are praying for me, within that prayer, you are generating power that strengthens you. At the same time, strengthens me. At the same time, strengthens other believers that will listen to me preach. So you are taking advantage of power for yourself, for me, and for others. It's not a selfish prayer, but self will benefit from the prayer. 
because in praying for me in the spirit Likato makala katana. As you are praying, you are building up yourself. Even though the prayer is targeted at your pastor. I don't know if I'm teaching here. That is one prayer that all of us will benefit from. It is called intelligent praying. What is it called? We don't have all the time to pray. So we must be intelligent in our prayer. We must be strategic. And the strategy for effectiveness is... Pray for your pastor. In praying for your pastor, you are praying for yourself and you are praying for other believers. Is it clear? Yes, sir. Somebody is still thinking how. Pray Ephesians 1.19. It will help you. That the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. Pray for yourself. It will help you to understand what I just said. It's called intelligent praying. So when you pray, you're arming me. You're arming yourself. Or you're supplying strength. When you start praying in the spirit for me, Agato, Menga, Kalatana, wherever I am, energy starts entering my spirit. I may not know how, but all of a sudden, I'm energized. All of a sudden, I'm thinking of more more territories to invade. You know, when you are full of strength, you look for what to do. When you see somebody doing lazy, lazy, he's tired. The moment a man is full of energy, in looking for what to do, you may start breaking things. Because your energy is not engaged properly. So when you start supplying me spiritual stamina, what I'm thinking of is how to penetrate one nation and take over. Because you're building strength. At the same time, you're supplying me strength. You yourself are building yourself. But you beloved, building up your most holy faith. Praying where? So in the same Holy Ghost that you're praying for me, you're also praying for yourself. Are we teaching good here? That's why I say praying for all saints in the spirit. Praying for all saints. So, a minister, a believer should pray in the spirit more. In doing that, you withstand the enemy. Let me tell you, people who pray in the spirit all the time, they remain on fire for life. If you want to be aglow for life, be a man of prayer in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Somebody saw me recently said, how are you able to reinvent yourself? All of a sudden, when we are thinking you are going out of steam, then another fire will come. I say, because I pray in the spirit all the time. There are people I started ministry with that have retired. Me, I'm just warming up. This boy, This boy has just started. I'm just on the runway. About to take off. I'm telling you. There are people we started with. They are, they are no more in ministry. Some of them having loved this present world. But every time you see me, my forehead is focused. Why? I pray in the spirit. And a lot of you pray for me. So your prayers for me is supplying me strength 
strength. Especially those of you pray for me in the spirit. You pray in the spirit. Father, thank you for Dr. Damina. Lakota, Makota, Kana. No, and prayer in the spirit has no prayer point. How many of you have discovered? No prayer point. You just pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Anywhere you tire, you stop. After some time, you continue. It has no prayer point. So you don't need to be calculating. Ah, Father, we pray for Dr. Damina. Yes, pray for Ayata. No, 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 no. Just Kadaga Gadaga Express. Just be going. As you are going, everything is taken care of. Even things you don't know, the spirit knows. Say with me, I pray in the spirit. Say it very loud. I'm not hearing you louder. Paul says, when you pray in the spirit, you build up yourself. Jude verse 20, as I round up this service. Jude verse 20. Hey, Adodosh. But ye beloved, where are the beloved? Are you in the building? Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How do you do that? Praying where? And why do you build up strength? To be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. All those strategies that try to interfere with the work of ministry, you pray in the spirit to put a stop to them. So you pray in tongues. That's why Paul said, I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than all of you put together. Tongues is primarily to pray in the spirit. We become strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We are equipped for the preaching of the gospel with much prayer in the spirit. You can imagine why Jesus spent time praying. It was for the people but much more to strengthen himself against all the opposition of his day. The result of praying in the spirit is not things. We don't pray in the spirit for cars and houses. The outcome of praying in the spirit is men. Men are saved. Men are raised. Disciples are equipped. Ministers are energized. So prayer in the spirit deals with the core of the issue. It's men. You are building up yourselves. It's actually a sword, a weaponry. When Jude was saying pray in the spirit, the first thing he said was contend. Before he said pray for the, in the spirit, he said contend for the faith. Look at Jude 1 3. Before that 20. Jude 1 3. <clears throat> Jude chapter 1 verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Contend, oh, earnestly. Earnestly. Bro Brother Jude, thought is, as building up yourself in your most holy faith, that is, we stand a false gospel. We stand it. Oppose. You know, Pastor Praise, it's not easy for you to stand up against the norm the acceptable norm that is the practice of every believer that is your senior and your age mates and those under you then you now come up as a lone voice to challenge those dogmas you need strength it takes strength and for you to be bold 
and confront them. Damning all consequences. You need strength. And God has been gracious to me. God has been gracious to me. I challenge those dogmas without any sentiment. I confront them aggressively. And they bow. They bow. Long-standing dogmas. They bow when they are confronted with the truth of the gospel. Am I talking to somebody here? Yes. I told you, in this country, the time will come and it has started coming. When fraudsters will fear the pulpit. They will see the pulpit and be afraid. That time is here. That time is here. Where a preacher that is not sure what he will preach will rather turn the service to prayer meeting. Say today, let us pray. Because he's not sure of what he will preach. He is safer praying than preaching. Because when he starts preaching and he starts messing up scripture, members will lift up their hand in the service. I have a question. By the time five people's hands are lifted while he's preaching, he himself is distracted. Every hand is like this. Say, what is that? Question. What of you? Question. What of you? That scripture you read is not exactly like that. Check the pretext and post-text. It's happening already. Did you hear what I said? It's happening already. And you know the good thing? Children's children ahead of us will have a pure gospel. They will not struggle with the nonsense that some of us struggle with. No, they will come at a time where we have cleared the space. And they will ride on the wings of a pure gospel. Oh, I feel like I'm preaching good here this afternoon. Somebody shout, I hear you. Hear you. They will just take off. They will embrace and inherit the pure gospel of Christ. Contend for the faith. Contend earnestly. He began to talk about false prophets from verse 4 to 19 of that Jude. Then after talking about false prophets from verse 4 to 19, then verse 20. But ye beloved, in spite of these false people, build up yourself. Because you need strength to oppose a wrong gospel. Can I have a good amen? amen. Are you blessed this afternoon? Strength in the inner man. Strength in the inner man. Stand on your feet, say with me, I receive strength. In the inner man by the spirit said again i receive strength in my inner man by the holy ghost grab somebody's hands let's pray for another 60 seconds pray for strength pray for strength pray for strength pray for somebody strength in the inner man strength in the inner man strength in the inner man Lebro zakele rebora kata babare ketene kelia legreda zokolo de brona katene ganga engele de bojekele de brina katolaya legres kapara karata karane kerena langro do zekele de brina kataya agaba zokolo de borokotu sabalana hey shakoyana shako 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 strengthen with might by the spirit in the inner man Christ dwells in your heart by faith. 
You are rooted and grounded in love. You are established. Matane kelia legrato sikalana egerete sikabaraka angolo doboshikayana. Hey, sapora gada, 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 sapora gada. Angele bosa, angele bosa, ayadaga, 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 aligadaga, angelede, angelede, aborege, 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 aligadaga, 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 ashkabaya, areke sebayatanaga, strength in the inama. Ogazokea. Oza mareka tola legeredisa agelenema agaraneka aragadeza agaradeba ageretesca agelenema. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, lift your right hands to heaven. Let me hear your amens like thunder as I pray. In the name of Jesus, receive strength in your inner man. Receive strength in your inner man. By the Holy Ghost, receive strength in your inner man. Be strengthened with might in your inner man. In the name of Jesus. I decree that every opposition of the enemy bows before your face. Afflictions bow before your face. In the name of Jesus. Receive utterance. Receive boldness. Receive utterance. Receive boldness. Receive utterance. Receive boldness. In the name of Jesus. I declare that you make disciples. You preach this gospel without fear. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. And we declare and decree that this gospel continues to go forth with power all over the nations of the earth. Thank you Father for grace. Thank you Father for answered prayer. Sick bodies be healed. We rebuke sickness, infirmity, and disease. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Amen. Give the Lord the greatest shout in the building. That doesn't shout like the greatest shout, man. Give him praise in this building. Let me hear a shout of victory. A shout of strength. Glory! 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 Woo! Amen! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see a generation of men that will run and not be weary. Men that will walk and not faint. Men that will go from strength to strength. Men whose strength will never diminish. If you're one in that number, let your amen come like thunder. Get an offering, let's give and worship. Let's honor the word of God with our resources. We give in faith, we give with joy, we give in honor of what Christ has done. We give in honor of what Christ has done. Always a joy to honor the word of God with our resources and our offerings. Listen to me, the online community, tonight we have an online conference for all partners of this ministry. And we've sent out emails, we've sent out text messages to all the partners who reached out to us last Sunday who have decided to partner with us in 2021. And we reached out to many, to everybody. So if you didn't get an email from me, 
and he didn't get a text message from me maybe we got the email wrong or the phone number was not right please you know just just um uh, just be kind and cooperate with me if you're online shoot a mail right now to dr abel damina and indicate i'm a new partner or i just joined partnership and i have not gotten the mail from dr damina all right because we have an online conference today for all partners today and we are reaching out to every partner to be in the online conference because most of our partnership meetings will be online so that the entire partners around the world can also be part of it so if you didn't get that mail shoot me a mail right now or you want to be a partner of this ministry you want to support this work this year 2021 with your resources you want to give you believe in the vision you believe in what we're doing and you want to be a part of those that are getting this gospel out to the ends of the earth you can also shoot a mail right now to dr abel damina at yahoo.com we'll reply you right now so that you can be in the partners conference this evening the time will be given with the, all the details of how to be in the conference we'd like you to send me a mail right now dr abel damina at yahoo.com i'm expecting your mail and you get a reply from me within the next one hour but please make sure if you email us you check your email because replies are going to come to you in the next one hour all right get your offerings everybody lift it up to heaven campuses and everyone on radio you know uh, mr michael bush is going to read the banking details for you in another one or two minutes but everybody else lift up your offerings father we rejoice that we give in faith we give with joy and thank you for the privilege of honoring your word today our offerings are a sweet smell before you and we rejoice that we have the privilege to make a difference through our givings and lord i pray that everyone giving today your needs are met supernaturally and we command the favor of God for you, opportunities for business, opportunities for you to make money. We command those opportunities released in your direction. And every need is met supernaturally. Those in need of a miracle, receive a miracle right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the privilege of giving today. In Jesus' precious name and every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Now listen to me, the online community. I'm going to be joining Mr. Michael Bush in the other studio in the next one minute or so. You don't want to go away. You want to be part of the, the question and answer session. You know, uh, ask the counselor session. And it's going to continue in the next few, few seconds. But we love you and we thank you for giving to this ministry. Remember, we have the word running every day on radio, on TV, and on all the different social media platforms. Make sure you keep enriching yourself through the word of his grace. We love you guys and we look forward to seeing you in the next services all through the week online and as we keep bringing you the word of his grace. Enjoy the rest of your day. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service this morning. Glory! Amen! Alright, message For these, all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damina. Please call plus 234-806-800- 9939 or email power at gmail.com my name is michael bush it's fantastic to be out here again and to continue this work with this amazing minister of the word help me applaud this teacher this international teacher this prolific author this international televangelist global barber the intercontinental so, Mr. so Bush. nice to see you dr abel damina 
He's so, right here. So good to have you here. Fantastically today. so. Global Baba, we just open with what we always do prayers for our states, our people, our governments, and also for Nigeria than for Africa and the world. Let's pray together. Father, we rejoice and we thank you for grace and mercy. Thank you for our world, our state, Akwaibom, the government of Akwaibom State, our nation, Nigeria, the president and his cabinet over this nation. Lord, we pray and decree that the knowledge of Christ continues to grow among people in government so they can guide and lead our societies with godly principles that create enabling environments for the gospel to thrive. And above all, we pray that the gospel of salvation will reach out to all of them that are in power, that they be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We pray for our world. We ask that the peace of God will continue to thrive in our world through the preaching of the gospel. We decree that ministers of the gospel are raised, believers are equipped, the gospel of Christ penetrates the nations of the world. And we thank you for the privilege to do this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's a fantastic Amen. point for all of us to put our hands together, even as we sit down. Please sit down. For those who are listening on the radio, what we just need to do now is to give the account details. There are three bank accounts as usual. FCMB is one, Zenith two, and UBA three. On this edition of the program, I'll start with UBA. Account name is Power City International. The account number is 139-26465. for UBA. Power City International, the same for FCMB 2982-68-2028. 2982-68-2028, FCMB, Power City International, the same account name also for Zenith. 10-12-36-59-12, Zenith. Account um, details out there, and that is announcement number one. The second announcement that I would quickly like to give is as we begin season two, if you are interested in sponsoring the program, that is Riot Live and ask the council or what you just need is call up plus two three four eight zero three two seven five six one zero four or email Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. We'll be waiting for that sponsorship so that the program can continue to run on even more radio and TV stations. So the stage is set, Global Baba. I'm excited to be here with you. So good to have and, you here. And we start now. So we start with this one. Hello, Global Baba. Thank you for the revelation knowledge. Wise intercontinental, Pastor Bush, you are great. Thank you. Global Baba, thank you for setting millions of people free from the captivity of assignments in the name of prophets and prophetesses. I am Grace from you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Grace. Okay, um, this one doesn't tell us where, okay, no, it writes from um, Plateau State. That's a long time coming. Let me just go around. Anonymous, um, Global Baba, have a daughter that I brought to Nigeria because she was misbehaving where we were. I've been told that she's possessed and is initiated and about to be crowned in the water of spirit, whatever that is. They have asked me to do a spiritual job for her to bring her out of the group. I personally refuse to believe this crap, and I trust God. Please, what can I do or... How can I help her? Please counsel me. Well, if you observe in the scriptures very clearly, Brother Paul went to a place to preach in the book of Acts. And the Bible tells us there were a lot of altars, a lot of altars. And on the altars were written inscriptions to the unknown God. It was a city given to idol worship, given to spirits and demons. Paul didn't come there to do any assignment. He just preached Christ. And when he preached Christ, the powers of darkness broken. The people came out of darkness into light. So what do you do with that person? Expose the person to the gospel. 
The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's all the person needs to be free. Global Baba, another anonymous entry so we can claim that it comes from you. It says, hello, Dr. Abel Damina. Thank you for all the teachings that you've provided for the body of Christ. Nahum 1-2 says, God is jealous and the Lord revenges. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. And we know that Jesus Christ is the image of God, Global Baba, and that God manifested in the flesh and came to save us from the punishment of death, which is sin, and not to condemn. So from this, my question, therefore, is, is true revenge saving people's lives? Well, again, when you read the Old Testament, if you have been following what I teach, the Old Testament must be explained. Must be explained. So when you see jealous, when you see vengeance or some of those words, you have to examine them in the light of Christ. Secondly, remember, in Bible interpretation, all things are truly stated, but not all things are a statement of truth. So anything written in the Old Testament that does not agree with the character of Christ cannot be God. It will either be the opinion of the writer or for lack of proper language, the interpreters use that to give it the best description they could give. So when you go to the original, you may be able to find a better expression in today's language. But basic rule, what Christ does not do, God never does. Christ is not jealous. God is not jealous. Christ does not do vengeance. God does not do vengeance. So, if you find that in the Old Testament, it wouldn't pass for the test of God's character because those are not attributes of God's character. Compliments of the day, Dr. Abel Damina and the boss. Global Baba, you said babies come by the law of procreation, not from God. But how do we reconcile these biblical facts? It is recorded that God locked the wombs of David's wife, Saul's daughter, that she bore no children. It is also recorded that God opened the womb of Sarah and closed those of the household of Abimelech. Again in Genesis 18, Global Baba, God promised Abraham a son, and it was fulfilled in Genesis 21. Was there no law of procreation? I don't know. It's a procrastination then. Global Baba, if God doesn't give babies, then why do you pray for miracle babies? Where do they come from when you pray? Again, remember that even when we pray for a miracle baby, the husband and the wife will have to do something. We can't just pray miracle baby and it appears. Even the miracle will come through the process of procreation. Because the man and the woman will have to sleep together for that miracle to occur. So again, it is always through the process of procreation. Now when you read that God locked the womb and opened the womb, it cannot be God. The locking of the womb will be the absence of God. When God withdraws because he is rejected and he can't force himself. So the absence of God will be the closing of the womb. The opening of the womb, which is what God does, is what we call a miracle. A miracle is not lifestyle. A miracle is an intervention of God as a result of the faith of people. So you can believe God for a miracle, but even though God will give you a miracle, it will still be a miracle within the confines of the reproductive system. So again, procreation is God's system set that men are in charge of using for the mass production of children. Okay, so Nsi William, Nsi William in Ibiakuran, in Uran local government area of Akwaibum State continues. Robaba, you also said that God did not create death. Who then created the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Global Baba, which brought death? 
It is recorded that God said, you shall die the day you eat of it. Again, remember, the book of Genesis was not written by God. It was written by Moses. Number two, the book of Genesis was not written with heavenly language. It was written with human language. Language progresses. Moreover, when the book of Genesis was written, it was written by men that are not born again. So, there will be a limitation in the way it was communicated. That was why there was the use of metaphors, like tree of life, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the serpent, all those were metaphors. Metaphors are a medium of communication or a figure of speech. But if you come to the New Testament, the New Testament reveals the Old Testament. If you come to the New Testament, brother Paul now explains what Moses tried to explain with metaphors in literal. Romans 5.12 Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So it is the sin of man that gave rise to death. Which means death is the absence of God's life. Because sin is the rejection of God's life. So it was the rejection of God's life that brought death. Death means life is absent. That's what it simply means. So God didn't create death. But the sin of man created death. And man's desire created sin. James chapter 1 verse 13, 14 and 15. Let's make progress as we round off with see William in Ibiaku Ruan. It says, finally, Global Baba, you said Hebrews 12, 24 refers to the blood of Abel's sacrifice. My question is, doesn't this portion refer to the blood of Abel that sought vengeance? Thank you so much for answering my questions. Now, the blood of Abel never sought vengeance. The blood of Abel was symbolic of the blood of Christ. And the blood of Christ is not the blood of vengeance. It is the blood that paid for the forgiveness of sins. So the blood of Abel there was symbolic of what the blood of Christ will do in bringing forgiveness. To the sins of men. It was just symbolic. To 18 and next. Hello, Global Baba. I'm Esther. And I write from 18. And you said prayers don't move God. But the Bible also says we should pray without ceasing. Please, Global Baba, I need clarity. In English language, pray without ceasing doesn't mean pray to move. So sometimes when you also ask questions, check what you are writing. When it says pray without ceasing doesn't mean when you pray you move God. Pray without ceasing simply means pray all the time. Why do we pray? We pray to fellowship with God. We don't pray to move God. We pray for fellowship. God doesn't move because you pray. God moved before you prayed. It was the movement of God that brought Christ. Christ didn't die because you prayed. Christ died because he loves you. So when you pray, you are responding to the love of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, Global Baba from 18 and to Eket, we have Mrs. Uche Joseph writing there from. Hello, Global Baba. I experienced tremendous delay in my life. Is something wrong with me? Nothing is wrong with you other than either you're not making the right choices or you, you are not, um, you're not upgrading your skills or you're not hanging out with the right people. Maybe your company is not also right. Otherwise, delays, obstacles, challenges in life are natural. Everybody goes through challenges in life. Millionaires go through financial problems. Billionaires go through financial challenges. Everybody. Problems are common to human beings. However, when problems come, you have to think. You have to pray. You have to seek for counsel and wisdom to be able to know how to overcome those problems. 
Some of the problems you are facing today, some people faced them yesterday and overcame them. They are not issues to them anymore. So when they talk to you about what they did, it enables you to also overcome. So you are not having delays because you are a bad person. It's just because you are a human being and you must have just a common sense approach to the problems of life. And it can be handled cheaply by counsel, direction, and wisdom from people that have gone through the same thing and overcome them. Okay, Global Baba, we move from Aked. We're going straight to Abak, still in Akwaibum states. And this one comes from Sunday Joseph, says, Hello, Global Baba, and Mr. Intercontinental Michael Bush. The pastor of my church, Global Baba, some years ago, about 1994, divorced his wife because uh, she was reportedly involved in stealing. The pastor immediately married another wife, Global Baba. I was not happy because I believed it was only adultery that could lead to divorce. However, I've been holding the thought that the pastor was not right because he should have been praying for the wife to repent instead of divorce. Global Baba, if a pastor is faced by such situation, what's the right thing to do in line with God's words? Again, is it right for a man to divorce his wife because of stealing or because of adultery? Sunday Joseph Abak. The disciples asked Jesus, how many times will my brother offend me in one day and I forgive him? And Jesus said, 70 times 7. 70 times, 7 times in one day and you forgive. By tomorrow morning, the slate is clean. If offense comes, you start counting again from 1 to 70 times 7. By midnight, you delete. You start counting. Meaning, there is nothing that is big enough for you not to forgive. Whether it is stealing, even adultery. You forgive adultery. Yes, you do. Because what God forgave you is bigger than adultery. And yet God forgave you. If God has forgiven you the same way you've been forgiven, you forgive others. The only condition on which divorce can even be considered in the New Testament is when there's a threat to life. When there's a threat to life. When there's domestic abuse which could endanger your life. It is in such cases that it is no more marriage. It becomes persecution. And you have to run away and then from afar see how it can be solved. If it can be solved. But otherwise, just like Christ does not divorce his church for bad things they do. A husband should be able to, you know, have long suffering. And be able to have patience. And be able to be kind towards the weaknesses of his wife. Or towards the weaknesses of her husband. Remember, we didn't marry as perfect people. We are two imperfect people married. And in our imperfection, as we keep learning the word of God. The word of God perfects us. And we're not married because things are good. We're married because we believe that both of us can help each other to be better. So don't give up. Keep doing your best until the result of that union manifests. Okay, so we go to Kaduna State and this would be the last that we do for Nigeria on this edition of the program. Hello, Global Baba. Thank you for the privilege to ask you my questions. My name is Joel Zamani. And I write from Keduna State. How can I explain with biblical reference that we are redeemed from sin? Differentiating the nature of sin and conduct. The whole book of Romans. Read the whole book. You will see all of that differentiation in Romans from chapter 1 to the end. The book of Romans is the book that deals with sin as conduct and sin as nature. And you will find that there's more of teachings on the nature than on the conduct in the book of Romans. So the whole book is your assignment. Read through and as you read, take note of sin, take note of sins as you read through. You will see the difference there. 
Okay, so we round off with theme um, two. Global Baba, what should my message be when I meet a person already saved during evangelism? And two, how can, or three, how can I explain and interpret the scriptures with accuracy? Well, for you to interpret and explain the scriptures with accuracy, make yourself a deliberate student of my teaching and follow my teaching religiously like a student in class. Get everything I have taught as you follow the principles and all the instructions I give on Bible interpretation. It will take a while, but eventually you will get there. How do you minister to somebody who is already saved? It's called discipleship. So you must be able to disciple. But for you to disciple people, you yourself must have been discipled. So again, follow our teachings religiously. Don't just happen on it once in a while. No, make yourself a student and study along with us and grow. That's the way to go. Okay, so we need to say uh, bye-bye, but there's this one from Ghana, so I go outside Nigeria now to Ghana. Glory, global Baba, stay blessed and hi, Mr. Bush. Please help me with this verse where Jesus said, but bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. Luke 19:27. It's a parable, it's a parable, and in parable there are facts, fictions, and a lesson. The little lesson in that parable is that when you reject the salvation that Jesus offers, the resultant effect will be death, judgment, and destruction. That's all. That's all he was communicating. But he spoke it in a parable form. Again, Global Baba, can someone do something evil to a believer by sending the believer's um, belonging to the shrine? Well, if in your mind there are shrines, that's the only way they will affect you. But if in your mind, by teaching and understanding, you have come to a place where you know that the gods are dead. Then no matter what happens, charms won't affect you. Evil spirits will not touch you. You are in Christ. Those things don't work in Christ. Christ is the head above all principalities and powers. Okay, so Prince Charles in Ghana continues. Can an evil spirit manifest in a Christian when being prayed for? How can an evil spirit manifest in a Christian who Christ lives in him? Is there evil in Christ? Christ lives in the believer. So if a believer is operating like he's manifesting evil spirit, find out what they taught him before they prayed for him. It is what they taught him is psychological. They have told him some things that entered his brain and affected his behavior. That's why he's behaving like that. If we also flush out the teaching and put the writing, he won't behave like that again. Somebody has the gift of prophesying global Baba. What is he supposed to prophesy about? Uh -uh. You prophesy what the spirit is telling you to prophesy. But of course, when you prophesy, it must agree with the message of the scriptures. Your prophecy can never contradict the scriptures. Okay, that's from Prince Charles in Ghana. But um, I don't know, perhaps you just sleep in Ghana. I still have uh, messages from all over Africa. I have from Cameroon, I have from Zambia, I have from South Africa, and also from Europe, Germany, United Kingdom, Netherlands, everywhere, and as far afield as Australia. But because of time and the lack of it, that's a fantastic place to live this edition of the program. Tomorrow is another day. We're back here in style like that. My name is Michael Bush, and of course, Global Baba, all join me to wish us um, goodbye. Global Baba, benediction. Intercontinental, Mr. Bush, it's been another wonderful day today, like we always do. Make sure you follow all the radio broadcasts. We love you guys. Invite more people to be part of the conference and the program tomorrow. And until then, enjoy the grace of God and be blessed. Goodbye from Uyo, Nigeria. A believer does not need to break any foundation because the only foundation a believer has is Christ. You don't break Christ. Once you're born again, you're on a sure foundation. If things are not working, it's not because you are under a curse. 
it's not because you are not born again no things may not be working because of certain miscalculations on your part or lack of skill or lack of sensitivity to when the holy ghost gave you direction but it cannot be because there's a foundation a christian has no foundation to break a christian cannot be possessed by devils to be possessed means satan entered your spirit and sat there that's possession how can a christian who is born of god the dna of god is in you how can satan and god live together so that is a deception and it's fraud to the body of christ Join Drs. Abel and Rachel Daminer in New Christian Camp Meeting 2021 and ask the counselor with Michael Bush. Theme in Christ Realities. Ministering Dr. Abel Daminer. Date 31st January to 14th February 2021. Time Mondays to Saturdays 6 p.m. daily on Inspiration FM 105.9, Comfort FM 95.1, Excel FM 106.9, Radio Aquaibo 90.5, Unio FM 100.7, and Heritage FM 104.9. And also live on Sunday, 7.30 a.m. first service and 10.30 a.m. second service. Venue, Power City International, number 98, Wangibo Road, Uyo, Akwaibom State, Nigeria. Host, Drs. Abel and Rachel Damina. Be there.